0: diane it's 7 p.m
1: welcome to another episode of twin peaks peaks i hope that was satisfying for you matt
0: it's perfect it's right there on the dot perfect oh my gosh best moment
1: so you are matthew olson
0: uh yes i think so i think my name is just seven o'clock now yeah there was a synchronicity there the pathway was opened.
1: You're gonna change your Twitter handle too, I assume.
0: Nope, nope. Too much effort. I don't like messing with settings on Twitter. It's a terrible UI. You are Ashley Brant, yeah? Still, eh, eh. How's <laughs> that personal brand holding up? Eh. How's that personal Brant holding up? Thanks. mm-hmm yeah. So this is our uh, this is our Better Call Saul fan cast. Uh, we're gonna recap the first episode of season two of Better Call Saul. Uh, how about that opener? Let's see yes. him in the Cinnabon again. Yes. And speaking of food, no food segment this week. But speaking of food. And the fact that this is a Twin Peaks <laughs> podcast and not a Better Call Saul <laughs> podcast, and we don't have news about Twin Peaks, this is a fucking this is the seven o'clock lifestyle, baby. This is, a this is seven how seven layer
1: segue. <laughs> seven layer
0: segue. Seven o'clock. Bing, ba, boom, something. Uh, I went back to um, to Washington this weekend, uh, and I uh, got in on the bus on a Friday night. Uh, got home and was like, "Hey, parents, do you want to just drive half an hour to go to a diner?" <laughs> in the morning uh and of course my mom who you have heard about if you listen to the podcast said yeah of course and my dad was like yeah okay um (laughs) so we drove out to north bend um and went to tweeds uh, aka the double r uh and checked out the diner from the inside this time when filming wasn't going on (laughs) uh yeah it was pretty cool do you have, I, I don't want to just like blather on. I want to know if you have specific questions I can answer, Ashley. I
1: think I asked you a question already, but I would like you to answer it again. How much does it still look like the double R and are there still 50 sandwiches on the menu?
0: Um. Okay. Question number one, s- still looks like the double R as it was for, uh, as it was made up for the season three filming. Um, I guess that's it. A- Uh, spoiler but no now i'm talking about the actual physical embodiment of a place that you can go and you can order eggs and toast in so it doesn't fucking matter yeah um they haven't painted the outside they did of course when they filmed for season three of twin peaks they changed the neon sign Mm -hmm. uh the large red t uh to say uh t-mar like the cafe originally used to say Mm -hmm. uh but now it's been changed back to the tweeds neon uh but that's the only change they uh put some plastic up over the uh like like screwed some plastic uh clear plastic over the posters that would say like the signature dishes of the double r and the mm. prices so that i presume that people couldn't either rip- touch them and get them gross or just rip them down and run yeah. out <laughs> uh so no stealing set pieces. Um, that was going
1: to be my follow up.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's all it's all pretty bolted down, but it looks very different. I've been in that diner before, uh, and they didn't hang up any of the other decorations. They put one Tweety bird up, and the last time I was there, it was of like the
1: millions,
0: a hundred around the roof, yeah, uh, around the ceiling. Um, so just put up one. Um, everything else, there's uh, some painted mountainscapes kind of circling the entire uh diner now and wood paneling new i think new stools at the at the you know bar of the diner Mm -hmm. and so forth they've got the the double r menu that they were using uh in filming back and they've got the the ice cream cone so cute it's all super cool uh they also had some stuff that i think was there before they filmed anything for season three like Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like Twin Peaks kitchen memorabilia down the back hallway where the Mm -hmm. restrooms are. So there's like a whole collection of Twin Peaks trading cards, which was a thing. Uh, There's like photos of David Lynch and the cast and uh, newspaper cutouts uh, and fucking like People magazine covers or whatever, like shit like that framed in the back. So uh, obviously a cool place to stop if you're into Twin Peaks. Uh, Somewhat cooler now that it looks closer to Uh, the double R as it was filmed and Mm -hmm. as it will appear in the new season. And I don't, they don't have a page claiming 50 sandwiches anymore. What? They have a whole page of their menu. That's just burgers. And it's like, you know, like 14 point font. So that's a lot of different burger varieties, but they don't make the, the number claim that I remember. Um,
1: I'm so hungry.
0: Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Was your mom super hyped? Yeah yeah it was exciting. um it was cool like i i said it in advance hey mom you can't tell whoever comes like you can't tell a server who comes by like oh my son does a podcast <laughs> about and
1: visiting for it. Um, uh, that was free advertising that you turned down
0: dgaff but so i was gonna be like all cool and like just be there and soak in the atmosphere and have a talk with my parents uh, but then at the end i was just like oh my gosh trading cards what there's one just for the log oh my um, god and that was, that was cool so uh, highly recommend it it doesn't seem like they have any plans to take the stuff down anytime mm-hmm. soon so uh, get in while you can get in before they have an, another unfortunate fire <laughs> uh,
1: that was ominous well it's, it
0: happened once before and that's why they redecorated so just hope f- fingers crossed that they fix whatever problem led to that um also walked around town, tried to find any other remaining evidence on the on the short walk between mm-hmm. the diner and the car. Nah, nah, no no Damn. other stuff uh that that nutrition store that we saw there's a sign in the window that says twin peaks like nutrition and wellness or whatever but i think that's just like it had a real phone number on it so i think that's just like what they brand themselves as interesting which is like i mean if you're in north bend and you've started your business within the last 20 years you might as well embrace it true Um, enough so that's my trip report ashley how are you doing how did you feel coming into this episode how did you feel coming out of this episode
1: um you know it started off like fairly spooky um pretty spooky book ended with some more spooky so a highlight for me
0: so this is a good one yeah um
1: have you ever seen sex in the city
0: I have a fucking note. Fucking Willie Garson. You can see it right fucking here.
1: Fucking Stanford Blanche. Fucking Stanford
0: <laughs> Blanche. I, uh, yeah, no. Willie Garson is one of those fucking guys, and I forgot that he was in this show, and I'm really just like, right, it's him. He's always in all the things. He's <laughs> one of those people who played two separate different characters on the X-Files. Um, And here he's just nameless roadie.
1: Yeah. He um, is wearing a shirt. And then a jacket and then a vest on top of the jacket. I don't know if you noticed.
0: Are you trying to say this is a look? No. Okay. No, you would never.
1: No. There are looks in this episode. Yeah,
0: we'll get to those. Um, But yeah, that was... I was like... I wrote down a note at the top, which was like, I'm going to fucking talk... We're going to talk about Kenneth, well, for real, this this episode of the podcast, because we just keep being like, Ugh, Wyndham Earl. And I don't even know if we've said his name, like the actor's name, Kenneth Welsh, before.
1: That was not ringing any bells for me. Yeah, that's, so.
0: <laughs> that's Wyndham Earl. Uh, so I was like, we're going to have a talk about Wyndham. And then my mind was immediately just like thrown off track by the appearance of Willie Garson. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's the start of the episode right. with, the chess, with, the, with the chess pawn being... Uh away and then just left unceremoniously in the uh lobby of the sheriff's department like True. they have nowhere they can put it which i love True.
1: um a why would you let your friends walk into the woods with a stranger
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's
1: no good reason well there well you see ever
0: they're burnouts
1: read a missing person story you know that's how they start
0: but you see beer and maybe marijuana
1: Oh boy. Bad decisions. Yeah. Stranger danger just out the window.
0: Did you know that Dare, the program Dare, bankrolled Twin Peaks? <laughs> yeah.
1: Helpful to know. Um, also, I appreciated that this episode kind of bucked the whole um, Wyndham Earl's chess game thing. <laughs> they didn't just buck it. They were just, just like,
0: ah, fuck. <laughs> this metaphor's done.
1: <laughs> yeah there's like never a good reason for a villain to play by the rules you have to justify that so hard to me mm-hmm. like if someone has the upper hand they have the upper hand and they should leverage it not patiently wait for someone's chest move hmm.
0: Hmm. i see
1: i see how it is yeah
0: it's a revealing about you yeah yeah
1: or if they have like a weird like death ritual it makes sense but you gotta like lay that out
0: I'm definitely, so you're definitely cutthroat and yeah. and just like take whatever advantage you got and yes. work with it. I'm definitely more in the death uh, ritual camp. Like if I was pushed to the point of super villainy, I would, I would be weird about it. Okay. Would How would de- you
1: be weird about it?
0: I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. <laughs> it's a long story, okay. but part of it is... This is... Oh, fuck. We're already getting off topic. Um, I'll keep it short. There's a, there's a joke going around accused, where people accuse Ted Cruz of yes. being the Zodiac killer.
1: Yes, because he is. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, look at him. Um, and I tried to watch the movie Zodiac. And I say tried. And I've never gone back and watched it. I used to fucking watch it this month. Just, just get it done. Rent it. Done. Do it. But I tried to watch Zodiac on a plane.
1: Interesting choice it was the
0: only interesting sounding movie they had on the plane it was like an 8 hour flight from uh from america to france this is when i was in like the 8th grade which is like shortly after zodiac was in theaters or whatever interesting um so like flying on the school trip uh it was just like we're going to go look at like eighth grade that would, we would have gone look at like world war one and two battle sites uh but i didn't have bring in to read it's a like red eye flight
1: rookie mistake
0: yeah so i'm just like fuck i guess i'll watch and play entertainment pick the zodiac it looks most interesting totally engrossed totally fucking into it i'm just like holy shit i have no idea who the zodiac killer is i don't know (laughs) that they don't know who the zodiac killer is in real life so i'm just like convinced that like there's gonna be all these fucking twists and turns and there's gonna be this like crazy reveal um but unfortunately i never even got to the like end of the movie because a person the person sitting right in front of me whose chair the uh screen was embedded in leaned back like an extra three quarters of an inch and the video feed cut out
1: oh my god (laughs) and
0: it never came back so i listened to the the movie zodiac for like another like 15 minutes (laughs) before giving up before just like losing all hope that he would ever lean forward again
1: that's hilarious
0: so i still don't know who the zodiac killer is it could be ted cruz but uh
1: i mean i think the evidence strongly points in that direction i'm more of a chess games and coded
0: messages type type See, super villain, i think
1: i've read and consumed enough true crime to know that that's how they catch you mm. that's how they connect the dots oh i
0: would definitely want to be caught i would not have like a conscience that would like stand up with just like getting away with it either if i was not caught i would probably like live to an old age and then like reveal who i was and go out in a blaze of glory. Like I, I thought the whole thing out. I'm very reasonable about this.
1: See, I would get away with it.
0: <laughs> okay. See, this is why we're a good podcast duo. Is um, it? Well, we just managed to have a conversation about our super villainy traits. So yeah. Slash, but you're all true crime too. So you're not even like thinking like wacky shit. You're no. just like, I could get away with murder. <laughs> That show, How to Get Away with the Murder, that's me. That's about me. I don't know what that show's really about. I think it's somewhat related to that? Not quite. Okay. Well, if it was, it'd be about you.
1: Topical humor.
0: True crime. Never going to find Ashley on that. <laughs> Can't get away with it. Um
1: and then Lucy lets some strange people into the station that are like crying or whatever because this town is just all about safety. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because mm-hmm. the number one issue facing that town is apparently the environment, not the international cocaine trade, not the prostitution of underage girls, not the murder of Laura Palmer. It's the environment. No one needs to be concerned about safety. Sounds
0: about right. Yeah. 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 there's a there's a there's a there's a a large paper mache sculpture in the lobby that used to have a dead man in it might still have a dead man can't quite tell uh but yeah no safety's at the bottom of the list of concerns (laughs) uh hey so we've been kind of taking this show to task for having oh i dropped the thing i was fiddling with look at me it's my turn to make noise um Take the show to task for abandoning plot threads mm-hmm. uh and then kind of picking them back up halfway yeah, but Lucy's like no, d day, dad day, yes, <laughs> great line <laughs> love love the kind of i guess like what would you what would you call that kind of joke dad day like it's it's also sounds like daddy in addition to dad day, oh yeah,
1: oh, there's a word for that, I think there is a word for that. It's
0: it's very poetic. Nice. <laughs> Broadly. One. Um I'm not an English major. <laughs> this is on you. Uh, but uh they're they're doing it. They're putting putting drawing a line in the sand saying, Okay, we're we're going to come to some resolution on this plot line. How do you feel about the way that you're deciding to wrap it up, which is just Lucy saying, like, I'm gonna decide who dad is
1: Yeah, I didn't really know that Dick Tremaine was still in the running for that position.
0: Totally thought he was out, right? (laughs) Totally has not shown his ability or, like, good nature
1: but i can feel robert Engels like hefting that storyline up from the abyss that it has sunken into saying no we're gonna resolve this robert Engels is
0: like a jamaican bobsled team <laughs> <laughs> fucking carrying this this tipped over plot line past the finish line uh yeah that's 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 on the table
1: that's happening
0: another thing that's on the table oh i had it written down um quick sidebar hawk's really busy this episode mostly off screen though (laughs) he makes he places a lot of calls shows up at the great northern
1: fetches a lot of people yeah
0: okay uh bobby and shelly
1: yes
0: that's back on the table it's addressed head on
1: robert angles just throwing that plot line over his shoulder yeah and running
0: <laughs> i got the team on my back says robert angles uh and there's not going to be a problem where five yards away from touchdown not on his count we're not gonna we're not gonna try to pass that he's just gonna take it he's just gonna take it he's gonna yeah. run it in yeah um <laughs> Uh, I'm actually kinda I don't care about football and I especially don't care about Seahawks football since I come from there and I know that Seahawks fans can be really annoying. But I am kinda I am kinda sad about Marshawn Lynch retiring.
1: He has so much money though. He has so much money. He has that He's Skittles so money. He's so smart. He has
0: that Skittles money. I love it. And that Call of Duty money. The best part is that he gets to live out of the rest of his life and he just like can look down at like, I don't know. Like he buys like a really dope steak and like a nice glass of wine and he's just like call of duty (laughs) skittles (laughs) and he could just like do that the rest of his life fair enough i imagine like it's kind of the same deal when like whenever kyle mclaughlin pulls a bottle of the wine that he makes off the shelf he's like desperate housewives (laughs) (laughs) because that's definitely the sex in the city (laughs) do you think what, what do you think he got the most money from in his career probably <laughs> portlandia
1: maybe no probably sex in the city
0: but he wasn't in the, either of the movies was he
1: no but he was on for two seasons okay, he was charlotte's yeah. first husband oh okay yeah. and then he like couldn't perform sexually <laughs> and he had an overbearing mother mm. and then charlotte kept the apartment after the divorce <laughs> and like a lot of his money I don't
0: see how this show ever was, like, balanced on the premise of any of the characters being relatable to, like, a normal audience. An audience of normal economic means. I feel like
1: the only <laughs> character that anyone can or should relate to is Miranda. Okay.
0: Um, is Miranda the one that l- works at a law firm? Yeah, she's okay. the
1: red-headed lawyer who doesn't like going out at night.
0: <laughs> the only thing I, things I know about Sex and the City are gleaned from the worst idea of all time podcast where they only watch
1: <laughs> Sex and the
0: City 2 over and over again. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, shout out to those those Kiwis.
1: That's like um, Sex and the City 2 is to M. Night Shyamalan's- is, Sex and the City 2 is to the series as M. Night Shyamalan's avatar is to- Avatar: The Last Airbender.
0: I don't really care that much for Avatar. That's a whole other story. Anyway, okay. Let's say let's put it this way. It's let's get back on metaphor. Track. Sex in the City Two is to the series as the middle gross portion of season two of Twin Peaks <laughs> is to the rest of Twin Peaks. Yes. There we go. Um,
1: Actually, kind of all of the end of Sex in the City, but <laughs> season uh, the sequel specifically.
0: Um. So we we we've got Bobby and Shelley reunited and it feels so good just making out mm-hmm. not a care in the world that the the FBI agent who's still in town who's been involved in a prominent murder case is like he needs you to come to the like no seriously like stop making out with Bobby he needs you to come to the station right now like Shelley doesn't care that's what love is <laughs> that's what love is um also Bobby is speechwriter how do you feel about that? <laughs> I think it's maybe a cut above his pay grade at this point.
1: Well, I mean, he has to they gave him that whole monologue that's supposed to like explain the Shelley and Bobby plot. Mm-hmm. It feels like a comment on that. Mm-hmm. Bobby is like literally speaking for the writers being like, "I'm sorry we fucked up this plot line. <laughs> we forgot what we were doing." I was just gone for like an episode or two, who knows.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but they're back and hashtag ashbrook for cable um so where to from here should we talk about uh i feel like it's hard to just jump around this episode because there are so many things that are actually carried through the episode like from kind of like a a starting point to an actual end point which is a good thing it's a good place to be at it's an
1: interesting feeling it's Um, an unfamiliar feeling at this point
0: yeah but not donna not
1: Donna's problem. Why did you have to go there?
0: <laughs> Cuz we can't not talk about the biggest home wrecker <laughs> uh and murder count maker. <laughs>
1: wow. I'm trying to kind of, just
0: menace, just general menace in Twin Peaks. Town menace. Um what's up with her attic?
1: Spooky as hell. I love it. <laughs> Um, and you then, think also... that the
0: doctor's salary would be able to unspookify that attic a little bit.
1: Nah. <laughs> some houses just have a spooky attic. Um, so she's looking through that book, and then it's she's reading the text like very slowly for the benefit of the audience. Mm-hmm. And there's no father. Ooh, and then is that
0: a thing that they do? Do you know anything about
1: birth certificates? Yeah, they can leave off the father. They don't leave off the mother because they see the baby exiting. Right,
0: I know how. <laughs> i know how birth functions i just don't like leaving it blank you can leave
1: the there's no you can leave Mm. that blank
0: it seems like you'd at least put like question mark question mark question mark
1: (laughs) you can leave it blank it might say unknown okay um but i don't think that's what's going on in this case because i think uh i think mrs hayward knows something
0: i think yeah
1: and then there's that Photo album conveniently located right under the birth certificate. Yep. Mm hmm. You know, Mrs. Hayward set that up specifically for this moment because yeah. I can feel a little bit of that homewrecker, that life ruiner spirit in her, too.
0: Ah, I think that's where Donna gets it from. Yeah. And also possibly her real father possibly. who has a fucking awful mustache yeah circa i don't know what would that be uh 1973
1: 1970
0: uh how old is donna donna's in high school and if you assume this is happening in eight, is it happening it's
1: 89
0: in... yeah okay so 1971
1: seventy-one, two. yeah something like that yeah what the fuck, Ben? Shave that thing off. Actually, we'll talk about that.
0: They're at like a 4th of July party or something and he's just got this like creature crawling up on his face <laughs> <laughs> and he looks really happy about it too. And it's like, no, uh, there's a problem here. <laughs> that and it's, Burt
1: Reynolds stash.
0: It's like, it's bad when the, the mustache overshadows the actual dramatic impact of these photos, which is supposed to be like, look, they were so friendly and close. Then it's like, look at his fucking okay. face. <laughs> you
1: know what I thought when I saw those pictures? What? They had a threesome, and it went wrong.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That might explain why... uh, That could explain why Doc Hayward is just so chill with this whole situation. (laughs) He's checking up Ben for some... Because Ben's heart has grown three sizes too large (laughs) uh, for his chest. Ben's just shirtless in his office, and Doc just doesn't care. And he's also like, you really shouldn't rock the boat here, buddy. He's not, like, even that, like, forceful about it. He's like, I admire that you want to fuck up everybody's, like, life with the truth, but you should reconsider.
1: He has that Doc Hayward line, it's what's in your heart that you should be worried about. But what does that mean? Like, cholesterol? (laughs) What's wrong with Ben? Some constricted veins and arteries.
0: Look, Ben is on the up. He's eating carrots. He's not doing that Confederate shit anymore. And he's making plot move. Like, I'm kind of team Ben right now. If only because this is like the highest point in like a large, large valley. <laughs> so. Sure Can we
1: talk about um, Billy Zane?
0: Um, As I noted him down here wheeler zane <laughs> that's zane. just it's just what i've started to call him in my head to try and remember his character's name
1: so i think a definite low light of this episode is the all burnt sienna outfit that he's wearing
0: <laughs> he just looks like he he just it looks like someone did a bad job staining a cabinet all over him
1: yes very accurate and then someone independent of all of the murders in Twin Peaks has been murdered elsewhere. And that is somehow affecting Billy Zane. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's been called to Brazil. Yeah. And he has a jet.
0: Yes. And he's definitely at least nearly 30.
1: Yes. Like... I also think he might be wearing a wig.
0: In, in, this, in this show?
1: I do think so. Huh. I was looking at his hairline. It's like too neat. Hmm. I realize I'm really
0: bad at picking out when uh, when people on TV are wearing wigs. Really? Um Well, in in Better Call Saul, which is not a show that this show is this podcast is about. Are you sure? Um, huh?
1: Are you sure that that's not what this podcast is about?
0: I'm pretty sure. But Bob Kirk is wearing a wig, right? Is he? Either that, or they like gave him extensions because <laughs> his like real boy hair now is very short and gray. Um, he is
1: wearing a wig
0: yeah but like i fucking if i if i don't remind myself of that
1: i can't tell (laughs) yeah i'm just bad at it well i think billy zane is wearing a wig which is as as transparent and as fake as his character Hmm. Hmm. there's that whole audrey just misses him she grabs pete from the lobby i i'm into them interacting
0: Mm -hmm. oh we'll get into that
1: not into what follows which is audrey crying and saying make love to me i'm a virgin i want you to make love to me yes um during that like cheesy ass Uh inadequate um casablanca moment
0: yep yep there's There's a lot to not like about this plotline, and I've never liked this plotline ever in all the times I've watched Twin Peaks. Um, One thing that stuck out to me this go-around is how much I fucking hate the, like, Country twang guitar that follows Billy Zane everywhere. Yes, his character's theme is yes. awful. Angelo, you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> for that one. Unless you're like in like a uh, James-esque fashion, trying to make us hate this character.
1: I would think so. There's not much to like about this character. Um, there's like, there's,
0: you really have to like contort yourself. To try and see positives to the way this is like wrapped up. Like, at least Audrey goes after him and not the other way. So it's like more on her terms. She does have a kind of line that is funny, which is like, it's your jet. And it's like, oh, right, duh. (laughs) Like, that's, that's, but like, that's kind of like chuckle worthy. It does bring Audrey and Pete
1: together in this weird way, which is adorable. Yeah, the
0: highlight of that. Which is like, fuck, I'll take it, I guess. Like,
1: yeah i can definitely as i can feel robert Engels like hefting the weight of the fallen plot lines mm-hmm. i can feel him burying this one six feet deep yeah he's just like this didn't fucking work yeah bury it
0: but also like but like still like why does why do they need to bone in a plane <laughs> why does that need to actually weakest take place?
1: writing of like the whole episode probably
0: absolutely like a, a weak moment in like the entire series is just like why why this chain of events has yeah. to happen.
1: Like he couldn't wait for her at the Great Northern, but he can like have sex with her on the tarmac for, God knows how long.
0: A l a longish time. Pete falls asleep. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, I would hate this plotline so much more if Pete wasn't then suddenly at the like final hour roped in in his own Marshawn Lynch moment to run this thing to the <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> uh to put the team on his back and make this at least like kind of funny yeah because it starts with his like kind of like creep moment in the great northern yeah andre just brushes by and says hi and he like does the like i'm gonna like stare at you uh thing
1: and then he's like talking to the great we need northern to get
0: to that point but maybe leave it. That... Okay. we need to talk about that yeah it's important But it's not important to the Pete trajectory, which is that he needs to do that thing and then just immediately be like, I have a truck. (laughs) (laughs) And then just be the the sleepy guy who turns around and he's like, so sweet. And just like, night fishing, nothing cures a broken heart, like a trout leaping through the moonlight. And I'm just like, you warm my heart. You warm my heart so much, Pete. Jack Nance, rest in peace.
1: R.I.P. I'm definitely into the cynical turn that Audrey takes, though when Mm. she leaves the jet and she's like I don't remember exactly what she said and I should have written it down but it was something to the effect of like guys suck or whatever
0: yeah definitely definitely also that guy especially sucked
1: yeah that's exactly where that plot line should have ended except maybe none of the middle part
0: Mm -hmm, Mhm, mhm.
1: but also Audrey's in a look
0: (laughs) yeah I would say so (laughs) yeah that sweater it's good
1: yeah the hound tooth coat Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um that about does it
0: for Audrey. She is at the at the like meeting of the angels part two. Yeah. Uh and when is the she... best at remembering what the fuck happened.
1: <laughs> True. Um Shelly is also in a look in that scene. hmm hmm Her and Audrey both have sweaters that match their eyes. Mm-hmm. Donna just looks dropping the ball. Yes. Did not get the memo about sweaters matching the eyes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't like loop Donna in on like the beeper chain <laughs> for uh, sheriff's department outfit coordination that day.
1: Yeah, it's just a phone tree, and Donna forgot to pick up.
0: Yeah. Um, God, it's gonna be so weird with cell phones in the new series.
1: Can we talk about the fact that technology is evil? in the show yes
0: yeah what's what you got hit me
1: um what's his fuck window earl <laughs> <laughs>
0: we can his nickname cannot be what's his fuck i'm gonna put my foot down you have to at least try to remember the character's name what's the actor's name
1: kenneth welsh
0: walsh walsh welsh. wait welsh i <laughs> <That's> wrong <laughs>
1: that's an all-time high so, um, Wyndham Earl has this early ass computer and he's just overlaying images on top of each other. He's doing other. some photoshop shit. zooming in and out of images, turning them around. Zoom Doing enhancing. some real complicated shit. Some real fancy shit for the early 90s. Yeah. Note that no one else in town has or uses a computer.
0: <laughs> no one has fucking heard of a computer in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. The most they've got is like VCRs.
1: So, Wyndham Earl is leveraging his unique access to technology to mm-hmm. destroy the town while everyone else frets about the environment. That's what I got. I mean,
0: definitely with Ghostwood, and I, and I, and I like you're 100% on to something here. And, I mean, you don't need my validation, obviously. Um, but right do you, you feel it too right the show is trying to pick up the theme that it initially ran with especially with regards to it being a small town it being remote it yeah being connected to the environment in a special way in a yeah. way that is maybe forgotten or not entirely understood by the people of 1990 yeah um
1: but they're running with the, the Ghostwood plot when I feel like the Ghostwood plot should be more interlinked with the spooky spirit in the wood shit. Yeah. Like they're trying, they're essentially trying to save the spooky spirit in the woods inadvertently.
0: <laughs> um, I, I, fuck, like last six episodes, they kind of pick up steam with this again. And I, I hope it's something that carries through in the new show. And I think it's one of the more interesting aspects of the show is the interplay between the grounded like ecological story and the supernatural stuff um but yeah who who the fuck i guess he must have stolen the computers like i don't think
1: project blue book i don't know i
0: don't think uh window earl walked into a fucking comp usa or whatever they had back in 1990 and was just like i need your latest and greatest macintosh for my (laughs) devious schemes sir why are you wearing a fake beard don't question me (laughs) Uh, you're barely uh, impetus to my like whatever the fuck he says about the project blue book people that's uh, oh man what a
1: they are really trying to figure out what to do with him as a villain what a leap there tried pretty much everything and nothing's nothing's really sticking
0: props to don davis for just being like such a trooper being like okay i i get the exposition dump here where i have to say hey so he was part of the project and he started to go crazy and talk about doug uh which is like
1: there was no opportunity to mention that at any earlier point in the There's show
0: no opportunity to sow those seeds a little bit more uh with it with a little bit more savvy and grace like, yeah i don't know but uh you know who else uses technology though tell me cooper does Al- he always got a tape recorder on him that's pretty hot. that's pollutant. pretty
1: that's pretty analog
0: magnets you call them magnets analog magnets are amazing what how do you think tape works magnetic tape oh yeah how do you think data used to be stored on computers even like with floppy disks still was yeah Mm -hmm. hard drives today magnets Mm, look at you look at that
1: connecting some dots
0: i think it's all about magnets this is my new twin piece theory
1: run with that insane clown posse
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) um
1: magnets how do they work
0: uh fucking scientists right uh, I love that song so much. <laughs> going to definitely listen to it after we finish recording the podcast. Um, let's talk about the most fucking analog shit in town right now. All right. The box that nobody cares about.
1: Oh, I, I so don't care about that box at all.
0: But We have to talk about it because, again, picking up threads that they forgot about, they had temporary amnesia about, Andrew has popped out of the wall <laughs> to be like... <laughs> I guess you're looking at a box. I don't know. I've been, <laughs> I've been reading a bathroom reader front to back, <laughs> just absorbed. I've got some good chucklers in my belt under my belt now. You want to hear some of my jokes? <laughs> uh, he is the most, quite possibly, the most fun-loving person in Twin Peaks, is what this exchange reveals, <laughs> because his immediate glee, at, like. I know I'll smash it with a rolling pin. Like I'm a fucking cartoon character is so great. And then he lets, this is the same person who's like, I'm going to spook my lifelong rival by being, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm alive. (laughs) Uh, He lets out the greatest ha ever when he like (laughs) figures out how to open the box uh, to reveal a smaller box and then just goes and smashes the next one anyway. He knows how to have fun, is what I'm saying. All right, And Catherine. I guess these let they slide in there that Catherine wants a golf course next to I the Great Even Northern.
1: Miss that, frankly. Still not really
0: clear what Catherine gains from being the like majority property holder of Twin Peaks, other than exactly that. Like, and oh, I guess like dominance over Ben. But like, these are still like, why do you care? Yeah. Or, like, or that's all. Like, that's all that there is to Catherine. Um, meanwhile, we know that Andrew just likes to fucking fuck shit up. And it now it explains everything. I'll go into hiding. I'll fake my own death. I'll, <laughs> I'll fuck with all these people. And it's clear, like, oh, he really lives tr- that life.
1: A true agent of chaos.
0: Yeah, yeah. Chaotic, chaotic evil.
1: Chaotic neutral.
0: Yeah, he hasn't really done, like, kind of responsible for Josie's death but not really now there's a metal box now there's a metal box that they don't know what it does I
1: just don't care about that box at all
0: (laughs) um yeah god I, and we're so close to the end now We have two episodes of the show left I know So close to the end now I can't fucking tell you for the life of me Whether or not the box thing actually gets resolved I don't remember <laughs> Like it's it's beyond me
1: The main plot of season three
0: This is the last part I remembered about like what happens to the box It's like I know at some point Andrew smashes it open And I thought like it was open then But I was wrong There's another layer And I was like fuck I really just do not God, care about it. the spotlight Not a lick um
1: it would be funny though if like every episode there was just like a smaller box and they tried to open it and eventually it's just like a comically small box that you can't fit anything in but they are equally dedicated to opening it
0: (laughs) that would be like a that would be like a community joke yeah yeah and i would dig that (laughs) maybe that is where they're going i don't know (laughs) right now they could like at best fit like a scrap of paper in that little metal box and like maybe a trinket like there's there's nothing there's nothing
1: there's a key that leads to um, another set of boxes
0: oh my god so good <laughs> that's the that's the the uh lost strategy of yeah. maintaining a mystery um do you know who cappy is <laughs>
1: No, he looks like babyface Sheriff Truman though.
0: He's all the other Bookhouse boys have to look like just like babier versions of somebody else in town, I guess.
1: <laughs> That's the rule.
0: <laughs> but this guy shows up for like one scene and gets a name. Cappy. Gets orders, gets talked to by the star of the show.
1: What is Cappy short for?
0: Captain. What is wait? No, Captain's short for Captain, so it can't also Cappy can't also be short for Captain.
1: Or is Cappy long for something?
0: Captain is like one and a half syllables, and Cappy is definitely two. And Captain is two. What the Capricorn? Maybe, maybe all the other Bookhouse boys are just like identified by their star signs. I don't know.
1: Sheriff Truman is definitely a Capricorn.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I bet you could look that up somewhere. I bet there's a like a Finn Peaks Bible that has all their birthdays.
1: I don't really trust that because I don't think that showrunners create character birthdays with the zodiac in mind.
0: Mm. Oh, I was reading a thing today, and I won't get into what the thing was actually about, but let me float this to you. What's up? Um, the person was arguing that authorial intent outside of the work itself so mm-hmm. something stated about a character or a situation outside of the actual work itself settles the issue and then sort of like people's feelings about that like as a f- fact of the of the work mm-hmm. are like whether or not they feel against that for that or and it's like it was more like a for or against that it was like person says x about character y and if you don't like that person z doesn't matter because person x created that character so that's that's writ and like you don't get to like be upset about it okay. or you just have to accept it um which seems like when it like that's the argument for people's personal feelings about these things but it also seems to weirdly kind of head off at the past like any like actual serious textual analysis if you're just going to like come to the text as it was like presented or like the work, as it was like originally presented what do you feel about that? Because
1: about authorial intent,
0: about like authorial intent stated, like that can't itself actually be supported within the text. In a lot of cases, like standing like as like the end all be all.
1: I think that that's garbage. Okay, because
0: because I kind of like, and the thing is that like the point that this article was making, and then the other things they brought in to support it, I'm just like, yeah, no, like I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Like these are all cool, but the fact of the matter is that in these works, like there's at best like little flimsy pieces to actually support that fact about the thing in the work itself. Um, and then the author just comes in later and is like, oh, it's definitely this, and it's like fuck uh i i can't get that from just looking at that thing i have to then take it as like a multimedia experience so if you get a birthday car- birthday a birth date for a twin peaks character off of a trading card mm-hmm. uh like at what point do you decide that that's acceptable canon is it because someone with authority said it was canon was it because Um, the trading cards were written by someone who wrote like a majority of the show or maybe they only wrote one episode or they wrote like a companion book and then you don't know whether or not like you can take that as like something to run with
1: well no i think when we're talking about like tie in media like trading cards or like tie in video games or like Mm -hmm. novelizations of movies or whatever the connection can definitely be very tenuous but if you have what's essentially like the same creative team or a related creative team or like whatever um, if the creative connection is strong enough then that's just like a paratext of uh, the work that's expanding the realm of the work I think authorial intent is when an author does an interview with the Paris Review and they're Mm -hmm. like well, everyone, no one understands my character because they were such and such all along mm-hmm. and that's just not in the text.
0: Mm, okay. There's
1: no way to support that argument because they didn't write it into the work and now the work is an independent thing mm-hmm. that exists separately from their intention and their creative process and it's open for interpretation.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm down for for fan interpretations and also just like fan claiming and remixing of like anything to be like you know, what ifs. Uh, But it just seemed like the... the, In this case, it was, like, weirdly anti-interpretive. Like, it was just, like, you come to the thing... Where did you read
1: this?
0: (laughs) I'll tell you about it later. I really don't want to, like, drag it into it because the thing that they're talking about, I think, is, like, really cool. And I had no idea about and I'm totally down with But, like, it you had to step outside of the work, like, a good deal to to really support it um, as, like, the as the go-to interpretation so uh then again it also says things about normative culture in this case it's a big to do you'd have been proud of me because i was thinking in my head the word paratext before you said it (laughs) and um i don't i i need to get up on the lingo still i need to i took like one really dope english class i wish i'd taken more
1: have you read death of the author
0: no i need to read that yeah you should should read death of the author my god, it was uh that really dope English class where we where we uh, slogged our way through Ulysses. Uh so much talk about James Joyce and not about the work it felt like at points. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My yeah. thesis actually kind no. of skirted the issue.
0: It was big. I know someone who did their thesis on the Scarlet Letter and did it as a reader response like interpretive Mm -hmm. frame, which none of his professors were happy with. They were all like, we don't like approaching (sighs) texts in this way. And yeah, now we're just completely off track. We got off track anyway. Yeah. Uh, My apologies tweet at us if you have a favorite school of thought with regards to interpreting texts please don't
1: <laughs> everyone should read death of the author it's very important
0: uh click our amazon referral link so we get <laughs> five cents for each purchase you make through it <laughs> uh, we should, should have fucking started doing that we probably could have like gotten it is too late probably could have gotten like 50 cents off of like one of our relatives or coworkers buying something twin peaks related over amazon that's true yeah. Um what you got in the way of notes? I think I've I got a, a couple and then we can talk about like what goes down throughout at and end? at the end of the episode. Um Leo? Leo? Eric Deray putting in work. Yes. Week in, week Showing out. Showing
1: the fuck up. <laughs> Showing the
0: fuck up, doing doing his best is I I do really feel for it's it's to the point where well I feel for Leo in a in a in a meta sense because he's stuck with the shittiest character mm-hmm. um but I also feel for Leo because at this point he is he is just being tortured, and for as bad as a person as he is hasn't erased any of that like it's terrifying like the thought of like if you were with like Wyndham Earl, madman Shock collar uh. And not be, but then also not being aware. Like, that's the thing. Like, his awareness is, like, partially stripped from him. We know Mm -hmm. this. And that itself is, like, terrifying. But it would only be
1: terrifying if you were aware of it. And he does, like, surface into some kind of awareness in this episode. Which is the the
0: terrifying thing. And then it's also tragic because, and I think, like, I don't know. It would have been easy for the writers to say he kind of surfaces and he tries to attack Wyndham Earl with like just like fists or with like picks up the crossbow or something and mm-hmm. Earl outsmarts him. But it's so fucking sad that he pockets the, the the remote. You think maybe he's like protecting himself and no, he just gets openly mocked by Earl before yeah. hurting himself more. Like I like felt really bad for Leo and, Someone who at the start of the show is just the shittiest mustache twirling villain and doesn't, you know, ha- has no real room for redemption. They don't make a shot at giving him one either. Uh, they do just put him through the ringer. And it's not great plot line. This is like a affecting moment, I feel like, for me personally. I don't know. I don't know if it has the same impact on everybody. It is also somewhat undercut by Wyndham Earl being a fucking prat about it um and then putting him in the back of a horse costume uh yeah like there's I, not a lot of time to breathe on leo like suffering
1: i mean like i get what you're saying about like like seeing yourself like lose awareness it must be a terrifying thing but i also was put off by his moment of being like Oh, Shelly! I love Shelly. Yeah, I like, don't know no, you. No, you don't. You were you a bad person. The opportunity to abuse her.
0: Yeah, uh, that part does not land for me either. Um, it doesn't land for a surfacing, like either. Yeah. Um, like it seems like there should have been a better way to just like try, and, and, they, and unfortunately they don't have one because he started out as such a flimsy character. They don't have a way to assert who Leo is and try to bring that about without referring to Shelly. Yeah. Um, like, maybe if there was a picture of a big rig on the wall. <laughs> and he could be like, truck. I would buy that. He could be like, truck, I drove truck.
1: <laughs> Wyndham Erlis has stolen Leo's truck. <laughs> Fucking
0: God. I feel bad for this. But, like, no, it honestly would have been a little bit better. I don't know. Anyway. Leo. Eric DeRay, though, putting in work. <laughs> what, a, what a trooper.
1: Making making his role shine. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you leave Major Briggs alone? We know that he right? has already been abducted by aliens. They make some joke, leave breadcrum- breadcrumbs. No. Because he
0: just fucking wanders.
1: <laughs> Send a fucking escort.
0: Like <laughs> I know Hawk is book, but like, hey, you got Cappy for the day, it looks like he's probably not good for much he'll probably get got like the other book house boys have been known to but yeah
1: what's andy up to
0: um because being adorable
1: we need to see imagine how cute it would be if andy was major briggs's escort
0: it would be pretty cute
1: that's that's nearly
0: spinoff territory itself um but yeah
1: buddy comedy buddy comedy
0: I can't believe, like, Briggs is so smart, and then he still goes fucking wanders in the woods, like, where no one's gonna find him.
1: Because he is a free spirit who fears the possibility that love is not enough.
0: I love that line. I love that line. That line has, like, some more fucking, like, posy vibes resonance than, like, actually most of the good Cooper lines in that same, in that same vein. Because it's his deepest fear. (laughs) And you're like, oh no. But he's such an idiot. He turns around, sees a man in a horse costume, which also, this is it. This is the worst fucking Wyndham <laughs> Earl costume yet. Like, because it's angles, uh, angles is putting the team on his back while also just like trotting all over this Wyndham Earl plotline hard, being like, you want costumes? Fine. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> he's he's put Leo face to butt in the back of this horse costume for no good reason, so he can trank dart major Briggs in the throat like it's so stupid.
1: is this the kind of zany supervillainy stuff you would be up to no this is
0: this is over the fucking line you 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 would make Briggs fucking disappear, yeah. I End would <laughs> I would make him disappear and leave like a calling card that would lead to my own doom. I would not fucking go through the effort of on what looks like a pretty warm day stuffing <laughs> my like
1: Also, wait, it should not be that bright out. This is Washington in like March. Um,
0: it's LA in like August probably. <laughs> uh and we we don't have to pretend that it's not anymore um in fact part of me would be disappointed if the new twin peaks was uh foggier than than the than the old show like if they consciously tried to make it look more like washington because
1: i feel like the early episodes are pretty pretty overcast
0: you can tell they they, they cut to the the exterior shot with the uh with the hanging stoplight and outside of the Uh, outside of the double R this episode and they Mm -hmm. kind of linger on for a bit. And it's just so obvious whenever they cut back to actual Washington now because it just looks so fucking depressing in comparison. Um, Why
1: couldn't Laura have been murdered in the summer? It's beautiful in the summer.
0: It is. It's pretty great. Uh, It was pretty great when we went up there this weekend. It was a very scenic drive.
1: Honestly, I'd be down to go back to North Bend this summer.
0: But then... Then, like ten minutes outside of North Bend, like right as we were passing Snow Call Me, it got spooky foggy, and I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> and then it was sunny in the town again. Um, speaking of spooky foggy, so they cut, they they do that cut back. They they pull out that little used stock footage as they got in North Bend because uh, spooky times need to happen in this episode. <laughs> we need to like zoom through the whole town uh
1: oh are you talking about the shots at the end Mm-hmm. i thought they were very reminiscent of the shining
0: again i'm not the best person
1: have you not seen the shining
0: i've seen okay mom plug your ears um i saw the shining once when we were in college uh it was i think it was it was a halloween thing they were showing movies and goosebump uh like the kids goosebump show in yeah. the ch- chapel okay uh and so i watched the shining i was a couple beers deep i think i might have nodded off partway through and then i woke back up i was hanging out with our friend lucas mm-hmm. and i woke back up uh and then with lucas watched this entire episode of goosebumps that was about the tower of london I was more tuned in to the Tower of London Goosebumps, probably because, you know, I had a couple beers, I was feeling kind of drowsy, and then kinda of like sobered up. And I was like, fuck yeah, goosebumps. But, you know, shining, it's all just, you know.
1: How much of the shining did you see?
0: Pretty sure pretty sure there's a whole period there where uh Jack Nicholson like is not yet unhinged, but approaching and i see so it's like the beginning chunk the middle chunk some stuff happens he talks to a guy at a bar he you know does some things uh shelly duval's doing her own thing Mm -hmm. and then i think i come to right about the point where i don't even fucking remember which character this is looks into the hotel room and there's a man in the bear suit and the other man (laughs)
1: yes which is,
0: the, which is i'm confident saying not having a full memory of the movie the best part in that movie fair enough um but yeah so everything the end everything at the beginning fair they talked to the hotel guy this is not a shining podcast
1: in any, i'm not on trial in any case a you should watch the shining i should also watch the zodiac okay you don't have to do that you just is watch Zodiac the shining. not a good movie no it's not very theory? good
0: oh It was like a thriller. I like a good thriller. you
1: should read about the Zodiac Killer. I don't... Because that shit is crazy.
0: I don't dig going down those murder holes on Wikipedia because they never end.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, Anyone who has seen The Shining should watch uh, Room 237, which is Mm -hmm. a documentary about um, theories. Are you convinced that all those people are batshit? Which... What do you mean?
0: In Room 237. I've heard from a number of people that their opinion of Room Two Thirty Seven is like get a load of these like fucking weirdos. They think like a moon landing was faked and stuff. But it's, is it all the kind of like hidden message stuff, or is some of it just like deeper meanings of The Shining?
1: Um, a lot of it is the hidden message stuff. There are okay. three main theories that they go over. The pieces that they point to are really interesting, like how the um, layout of the hotel actually that's doesn't make sense architecturally. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, but the way. These three specific people are stringing them together. It's, it's very hard to to um, suspend your, your illusion of disbelief.
0: Well, you know, sometimes I wear a crystal around my neck, so maybe I'll be into it. That's true. Um,
1: but in any case, there are a lot of spooky shots uh, going through the hotel where they're kind of moving through the hallway mm-hmm. moving towards the end of the hall so okay, it was yeah. like very much a shining homage at there's, the end
0: there's spooky moments and spooky music hits throughout this episode
1: yes namely
0: handshaking yes with the, the
1: mysterious tremors with the
0: uh, kind of string thing that comes in also accompanies ben whipping around alone in his office which cuts immediately to pete doing the goofy thing before he yes. runs off with audrey which is saying uh oh god i wrote it down Josie, I see your face. Um, Because he
1: can see dead people in wood.
0: Yep. Josie's hanging out in some wood grain, I guess. And that's all we know. What did Ben see? Who did Ben see? I don't don't know. know.
1: I don't know. I don't know. The hand trimmer thing is interesting.
0: It's really cool. I like it because it clearly connects to the end of the episode
1: um it's also interesting because well that um (laughs) but it's interesting because um that's like um what is the word for something that's only in your head and not physiological
0: oh
1: psychological no (laughs) there's like a word Um,
0: um but
1: there's like like your brain doesn't work like that like it would be both of your hands trembling Oh really? Huh. yeah, um the exceptions would be like if you had a stroke uh on like the okay, left side yeah, of your yeah. brain, the right side of your yeah. whole body, um right. but generally your body works like up and down and like in and out, so like the perimeters of your of your body, your limbs mm-hmm. are generally synced up
0: interesting. I mm-hmm. did not know that yeah. um what was the your whole like what's the word for that thing just Sorry. fucked me right up because now my brain's like trying to access like some deep, deep RAM and the, and the magnets are not working right they're not tracking on the hard disk
1: that analog technology
0: um, yeah it's fucked right I need to get a solid state drive in there pronto mm-hmm. um, strap an oculus rift to my face and replace my brain with a hard drive please um, let's see Heisenberg <laughs>
1: thanks uh
0: this is back to the better call Saul fan cast uh all right. here's five hints of uh walter white in now um the heisenberg quote uh that annie busts out of nowhere um that of course cooper gets because they've read all the same books because they're perfect oh. for one another um
1: i took very few notes on annie and coop because i find them so boring
0: Mm. But this like, uh, this is amongst the hand tremor moments where then the plate breaks. I think they do the same musical hit, and then you get the fucking shot of the syrup dripping. Yeah. It's so good. that is good. So spooky. Yes. And of course, spookiest thing of all, the return of the giant uh, while they're at the dance. Just...
1: Yes. Time
0: to fucking actually... This is Twin Peaks. This is really Twin Peaks. This is you can tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's spooky shit. There is like actual drama. Plots are moving. There's funny moments that work. There's mm-hmm. also moments that don't work, but they're not the majority of it. I think we're safe.
1: We're doing good.
0: We're safe, Ashley.
1: It feels it feels right.
0: It feels right. There's we don't care about what Catherine's up to. <laughs> um Donna's being annoying and that never changed really but really
1: didn't change at any point uh John Justice Wheeler is gone he's gone he's on a plane goodbye still have Annie but we apparently have to
0: live with that Annie's fine it's okay the mm. giant isn't fine with it no <laughs> clearly
1: no no <laughs> uh,
0: i want to i want a gif of that moment um
1: it's out there somewhere i'm
0: sure it is but uh warn- warning against that is if the ominous syrup wasn't enough i guess it just didn't catch cooper's eye and he's probably not going to put two and two together here because they go right back to smooching
1: yeah his uh consciousness is crowded by uh fogged up by love
0: yeah which uh
1: bad timing not good not good
0: i love how they do slip in the queen moment as if like like cooper has the the has everything on his side literally he says you're the queen and then the giant appears being like you see what you just did there right you know the shit that windam earl's been pulling right like this is a bad yeah you're going down a bad path yeah and cooper just fucking whiffs it
1: Oh, did you also see that they knocked over the chessboard in this episode?
0: Yeah, no, yeah. They I, were like, I, I "We're I fucking too, done early. with this." <laughs> well, they have. Cooper has the the line playing off the board, which is just like, "No, nah, just say like he's like he's done with fucking chess." This metaphor didn't work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, other things: red herring, a fish I don't care for. <laughs> True. <laughs> what a fucking gumshoe line that is. And also, uh, when he's talking about feeling like he's in love, uh, the symptoms suggest onset of malaria. Like, that's a nice Cooper moment.
1: Have we mentioned the very end scene? Is that where we are now?
0: Basically, there's not much else to mention. Bob. Yeah.
1: Bob is back.
0: Reaching his right hand out through, maybe... through a split-screen effect. <laughs> <laughs> and then panned down to something some puddle big hole big hole and some curtains and some jazz music boom twin peaks <laughs> it's the show that you're watching you may have forgotten for a while there um yeah i don't got the the last thing i have written on the page uh is a uh, damn eric Doray and uh stop lights in north bend yeah so i think that nice covers everything i took notes on i tried to be thorough Maybe you have other observations. I will say that um the way that fucking Wyndham Earl tortured Briggs was the most jokerish thing yet. That was so stupid. Yeah. The fucking target is I mean, too just, much.
1: So many metaphors stacked on top of each other. We do get you... it. He's playing games. I just don't care.
0: Do you so do you want to talk about Kenneth Welch at all?
1: You well, do you have something Welsh? to say?
0: fuck i can't even i can't even get it right now i'm fucked up so bad um i don't know there's it's kind of a a push-pull in situations where the writing is not good right where sometimes an actor can save bad writing but it Mm -hmm. has to be not that bad to start with Sometimes they can just gleefully embrace it and kind of ham it up, which he definitely is hamming it up and Hard. chewing scenery. And that itself can be like enjoyable at times. And I feel like our annoyance stems from that's not, the writing's not good, bad and then being saved and it's not bad and being like hammed up in a great way either. I feel like this character just doesn't work. Work in the world of Twin Peaks, which is saying something, because I'll make allowances for fucking Mayor Dougie. Yeah, uh, I'm even warming up to the the Widow Milford. The Widow like, Milford. Yeah, her like weird not power grab <laughs> to be Miss Twin Peaks, and yet this guy is just so over the top.
1: I feel like the thing is, it's. Elements of Twin Peaks that are good, blown completely out of proportion to proportions that don't work. Like, mm-hmm. he's creepy, but in, like,
0: a comical way. He's eccentric, but in a way that isn't endearing.
1: And that's not actually eccentric. It's yeah. hack writing.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: It's very season four of Community.
0: Mm. I feel good about not knowing what you're referring to there.
1: Someone else will. (laughs) Maybe Scott.
0: That's the one I'm not supposed to watch, right?
1: Yeah, that's the one where they had the showrunners from The Walking Dead from the walking dead the walking dead has had a different showrunner like every single season oh okay okay i didn't know that so they just kind of rolled over into something else Mm -hmm. but they were it was it was very stupid because they would do things that were very like we're doing community things um that had just like no right character significance no like meta commentary significance they weren't saying anything they were just doing things
0: right um which is kind of the problem that Twin Peaks falls into in the middle, where yeah. they just do things. Mm-hmm. Um, spending more time than necessary on Jacques Renault is Twin Peaks doing things. Introducing Denise is Twin Peaks doing things. Yeah, um, the Cooper is stripped of his badge. Yeah, doing things. But...
1: Well, it's interesting because we at the beginning of this podcast had a discussion about Twin Peaks being like an exercise in style. Mm-hmm. Um as opposed to like character development and being about like in that sense about doing things or like mm-hmm. demonstrating a style. Um but it's pr- pretty clear that where they ended up in the middle was very off base. Yeah.
0: Um turns out you do need some some strong characters that are that are active and that are advancing or just plot lines. Or at least being, like, even if they're not active, they're being put in peril. You have to have a creepy guy reach his hand out through a void to suggest that shit's about to go down. Yeah,
1: there has to be a stake.
0: There has to be tension, and the tension isn't some guy with a crossbow uh, murdering nobodies who are then going to have a brief eulogy from Willie Garson in an episode. (laughs) Like, that's not not a real threat. Like, so far, Wyndham Earl has done nothing to anybody we care about other than... creepily show up and have him read a poem right
1: yeah and when he kills people like you said it's no one we care about but there's also no tension Mm -hmm. like the show doesn't give us an opportunity to care about those people Mm -hmm. they either show up dead or they have some weird the guy semi comedic lines the the guy in the
0: pawn is is like just like a cardboard cutout, like deadbeat stoner dude who, like, you're not like, if if that's a character you're going for, you're doing a bad job. If you want the audience to care about them yeah. at all, because they're not gonna they they've seen that person before, they've seen that person developed into an interesting character before in different movies and 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 media and stuff, and you just have this person here so they can get got. Like,
1: yeah, pretty much.
0: Not interesting.
1: Have you seen the L word? You haven't nope, seen the L word. I have
0: not seen the L word. Um, is that showtime or hbo showtime yeah i've seen the only showtime show i've seen is dexter i think that's i think that's true i think that's
1: you've never seen weeds no homeland no shameless no house supplies no i did queer as folk no the l word
0: we already know that i have not seen the l word we're
1: circling back
0: yeah Um,
1: What I was going to say is there is a character that's, like, semi-similar to Wyndham Earl in that series in terms of just, like, being tonally out of place and having just exclusively terrible writing. mm -hmm. But the actress, um, Mia Krishner, I'm talking about Jenny Schechter for anyone who has seen The L Word. That's a...
0: People will get that. No, that's fine. I'm not not questioning. I was waiting for you to continue and you're just like pausing as though I was going to be like, I don't know who that is. Like, I'm not an
1: idiot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) In any case, um, Mia Krishner like buys in in a big way and like really sells me on like all of the insane writing choices that they make for this character. Hmm. Like at one point, this girl adopts an old dog from a shelter and then takes it to her takes it to the girlfriend of this woman who wrote a bad review about jenny's book Mm -hmm. and then this girl the girlfriend is a veterinarian and then like basically has her gets close to her by having her put down the dog that she just adopted who is like sick or whatever Mm -hmm. but like that's an doesn't that sound insane that sounds like a terrible choice Mm -hmm. but the actress like buys in enough that it doesn't feel like mustache twirly and like comical. It feels like someone like She's having a genuinely
0: unhinged. Yeah. Break with yeah. reality. Yeah. Um,
1: and I think that like, they could have, that could have been a choice for Wyndham Earl. It could have. Yeah. I mean, you a, a large part of
0: this has to be like Wyndham Earl was a choice that was forced upon them in the first place. Like, the decision passed down to them was wrap up the laura palmer plot line and we get our first mention of wyndham earl early into season two early enough that maybe they were already planning to introduce this character uh but not have him be the focus of the latter half of the season uh, or maybe that early seed is already at the point where they knew, like, fuck, we are scrambling to figure out what this yeah. is going to be. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I'm trying to think of others. Like, you can probably name 20 more than I can. Other situations where uh, such a huge wrench thrown in the works of even a vague plan for what a television season right. was going to be. like have ever like recovered gracefully like right out the gate like
1: no i can't think of any
0: yeah like when that happens when your season gets cut short or uh well i can think of the one where it recovered gracefully which is where breaking bad just had a short season oh, and then kept on being great afterwards yeah but that's like unfair like
1: well that's different because that didn't impede the the plot lines that they had laid down.
0: Exactly. Um Just means that they took longer to get to Which those episodes. Which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when it's like things are truncated or things are taken off course because of like outside influence, it never seems like the first step taken after that is... A confident and like well executed one
1: nope um it's, it's just... always rushed it's always like there's a weird wink at like the fact that this plot failed like mm-hmm. it's never
0: don't do that to television shows. Never good. let them breathe
1: yeah like with homeland
0: like with uh heroes true oh they're bringing that back I was—I was thinking and about that's here, already been brought
1: back. I think that's done. Is now. it?
0: Oh, is it? Huh. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I can't. I bought I bought an HD DVD player for that show, and that show and HD DVD did not live up to expectations. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but a big part of that was like, yeah, sure, maybe they didn't know where they were going, but they had a plan for season two, and then a writer's strike happened. And they're just like, Whoop oh, fucking, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Butterfingers, like, whoops, yeah, like you can't whoops a TV show and like be okay after, yeah. Um, fuck, even as bad as it is now, Game of Thrones, like they haven't, they haven't whoopsed it. They haven't, like, clearly been building towards one thing. And then George R. R. Martin, like, leans in and whispers. And he's like, actually, it's going to be so And then they're like, fuck, we got to, like... <laughs> like, it's clear that they know where they're going. And yeah. even if it's, like, like not gold, it's there's a reason behind it. Yeah. Um, you can't... Oh, man. Does that happen in Dexter at some point, too? Like... Now this is just Matt being disappointed um, about TV somewhat. shows,
1: because um, after season four, the showrunner at the time, who had only been the showrunner for season four, but had previously been an executive producer, envisioned one more season to wrap right. things up, and then Showtime said, "No, this is a money maker. We're replacing you." Yeah, um, Showtime did the same thing with Homeland, where a main character was supposed to die at the end of season one, and then they were like, "No." let's keep him around even though that plot line was supposed to be done and then they ruined (laughs) that fucking show
0: so they were gonna be like cool and decisive about a plot line and instead their plans for season two now had to include a whole nother person
1: yeah instead of like moving on to yeah showtime is very guilty of doing this
0: that'd be like if at the final hour of making the first season of true detective they were like wait We're going to give you all the money you need to bring back these two leads. Don't resolve shit.
1: Don't resolve shit. (laughs) Yeah. Very
0: true. Write a line about time not being a flat circle. Time is now a line. (laughs) Or at least there's question of it and we need to move
1: forward. Very true. The other thing that Showtime has done, and this is not stacking up very well when you consider Twin Peaks is going to be on Showtime, Mm -hmm. is they failed to lock down noelle fisher in a seven season contract mm. and then at the end of season five after like five seasons of building towards this like end game relationship that like overcame a lot of obstacles because there were two like queer characters in a poor working class neighborhood they were like jk is gonna be off the show yeah sorry oh so
0: you would know better than i do but now this is an issue of discussion with the x-files they just ended their little mini season. My understanding is... I haven't watched it, but my understanding is that they ended on a cliffhanger. Like, so that is clearly them saying, did you like this? Yeah. Did you Do you want more? We can just bring back whatever now. Pop culture is infinitely recyclable these days, and David Duchovny... And uh, Jillian, Jillian, Jillian Anderson. I always Jillian. go for. I always go for hard G. Uh, Jillian Anderson. Eh, we can we can afford them, or at least we can afford them a little six episode like stints. Do you mm-hmm. want more? And it's like,
1: no, I don't. Like, fucking no. Well, networks will monetize literally anything.
0: Things have to be done though at some point. So I hope that given how unconventional the like. Arrangement is for having Twin Peaks made, and also yeah. kind of what an initial nightmare it was, getting that deal hashed out that Showtime doesn't like Showtime and David Lynch and Company don't have like a taste like for like more and more um yeah, because that's also kind of what led to Twin Peaks not being super solid for a large chunk of its actual on screen runtime yeah was the demand for more beyond a self contained story
1: uh, right yeah. so I think it comes down to the idea of um monetizing
0: capital creative content
1: <laughs> uh, monetizing creative content but also um taking a fucking stab at whatever is holding the show afloat and whatever is capturing people's attention um because I think that Network heads are often misinformed because they are often economically privileged straight white men.
0: Yeah. They don't know why people like the show that has caught on.
1: Yeah. Like it has. And they make a false assumption.
0: Yeah. Um, stop doing that. Put better people what in think? charge of television, maybe.
1: What a thought. What a thought. Pick
0: me. Uh, <laughs> you'll get there.
1: I hope so notes yeah so this episode was directed by jake gyllenhaal's dad
0: <laughs> cool
1: Stephen gyllenhaal who um recently directed four episodes of the show rectify
0: i don't know what that show is
1: um rectify is on sundance it is a show Didn't that know, is...
0: sundance had original tv shows
1: this is their first one okay uh it is a show that is engineered to garner critical praise but it's pretty good So, good for him.
0: (laughs) Turns out, they didn't fuck it up. Nice. Uh, cool. And Harley Payton and Robert Engels busting this one out, carrying the team on their backs.
1: Did you realize Mark Frost, uh, wrote the last episode with Harley Payton?
0: Um, might have slipped my mind.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think we mentioned it. Hmm. Looking back, that episode feels very Mark Frosty.
0: (laughs) We can just say Frosty. Frosty. We can just say Frosty. It It works with his name.
1: Um... Those are some notes. This premiered in mid-April on, okay. that, on that downward trend, mm-hmm. uh, ratings-wise. And then I went on the Usenet boards, and Google Groups has changed their interface once again, so I had to do some digging to find nice. Thanks, Goog. some content. Um, but apparently a random message board user's sister bumped into Richard Bamer on the street... Who said that Fox was interested in picking up the show because it is huge overseas. (laughs) I bet you
0: that was true at one point. And then Fox was like, nah, what if we make our own hotness?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. They knew what what the next wave was.
0: Yeah. This weird fucking person named Chris Carter crawled into their office through a heat vent one day and was like, I <laughs> have an idea for a show and They're like, fuck David Lynch, bitch <laughs> in the trash. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and then there were a number of uh topics that said, Why does black equal evil? A valid question to ask, you know, socioculturally, but also that's just been a, a standing a thing. A no brainer in the world of Twin
0: Peaks though. <laughs> Um,
1: There was like a topic that said Are you guys picking up on the black And white themes (laughs) Are you guys picking up On the hard binary they're drawing here (laughs) Yeah Have you ever read a book before (laughs) I don't know And then Additionally Someone posted in the forum And said that they had been interviewed by a New York Times reporter for a story About Twin Peaks Fan subculture. I have found no epis no evidence of such an article existing.
0: Well, I mean, how interesting could that be? Not very. Like, I don't think fans of TV shows today get, or like of a TV show today get NY NYT pieces about them. A TV show is. Like as weird as you can be about it, a pretty pedestrian thing to have like a fan group about. Yes. Do furries get articles? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just because you like you like to think about Bob and Laura Palmer and Pete Martel <laughs> doesn't mean you uh, are all that interesting. be more interesting to talk about fucking bachelor fan culture which i'm like waking up to now as a thing it's like a widespread thing and like a lot of people keep keep it secret that they're way into the bachelor and now i'm like kind of like walking down the street thinking like that person's probably into it that person's probably into it it's opened my whole worldview to people are probably into things that you don't know about yeah that's crazy right
1: right people have private inner lives
0: yeah it's nuts
1: wild this Everyone is, has This
0: conscience. is why I'm the goofy supervillain and you're the manipulator who <laughs> who floats away unseen. Yep. Yeah. Anyway,
1: have you seen Unreal?
0: No, I have not seen Unreal. Yeah. If I'm going to start watching something, it's going to be The Bachelor first and then Unreal.
1: Okay. Yeah. But you should watch Unreal because it's based on the experiences of a producer on the early seasons of The Bachelor.
0: Yeah. Uh, um I've, I've always been so down on reality television i think it's partially it's amazing i think it's partially hanging out with you yeah it's bringing me around just being like eh. also also reading shit like guy to board and just being like everything's fucking fake i'm fucking fake every day i step <laughs> up but also like everything is performativity thanks judith butler like i just like everything in my life is now artifice and i think i should just embrace that yeah be conscious And also stop giving a fuck, I guess.
1: Yep, that's what reality TV is all about.
0: Doesn't matter if it's real or fake. It's all going to be ground underneath the boot of capitalism anyway, so.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All that matters is whether or not you buy in, and only you determine that.
0: Yeah. For anybody listening to this show who cares about me or cares about... Like, whether or not I'm in, like, a happy place right now. I totally am, but, like, let's be real about this stuff in that it's all fake and meaningless.
1: Yeah, that can be, like, the most freeing thought in the world. Mm
0: -hmm. I can be, well, I can't be whatever I want to be, but I can be a lot of different things. Yeah,
1: there's, like, a once you accept that things are pretty much meaningless, you can embrace a pretty hefty load of self-determinism.
0: Have you taken a look at Ted Cruz?
1: From Zodiac Killer to Presidential Candidate.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think on that note, it's time to wrap things up. Um, My name is Matthew Olson. I do a podcast with my friend Caitlin Best called Can You Get to That? This week, we had our friend Johnny on as a guest. We recorded it uh, remote. And by the time you're listening to this, that episode should already be up. And the topic was Carly Rae Jepsen, who I am one week away from seeing in concert congratulations um, very excited uh you can find me on twitter it's at matthew olson spell it right and don't follow me there if you're related to me i already have my brother following me there wish it was socially acceptable to just block him no i, I don't is. but yeah, i think it is he replies to my he's have you seen that picture of uh the where it's a picture accompanied by text and the text says that one guy who, who you don't know who follows you but always faves or retweets and it's the side of a stage and there's literally nobody standing there save for one person who's like pumping his fist <laughs> that's my brother except i've grown up with him
1: that seems very different
0: yeah yeah means that he's the only one favor my tweets sometimes. Uh, Ashley, uh, update us on your personal brand.
1: Um, You know, my personal brand is pretty taxed right now given what the Kardashian-Jenner-West family is going through, what Kanye has put me through mm-hmm. as he assumes his true form as a Bill Cosby apologist.
0: Who's severely in debt. Yeah. And
1: but he's still got he still has money. He still yeah. has like 50 million dollar house money. He just doesn't right. have 50 million dollar unprofitable clothing line money.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Kim's keeping her finances separate. North is doing amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they dropped the first photo of St. West. Mm-hmm. He also looks beautiful. Um, I'm who to guessed?: Yeah. I'm really at this point just waiting for North and St to rise mm-hmm. to power
0: yeah well (laughs) just think about how long that's gonna be think about how long it's gonna be before they're even like as old as like willow and Jaden were when they busted out on the scene and like started to live their own like identities
1: yeah but i mean i remember when north was born which was shortly after or before yeezus lived and now you're like oh my gosh north is like walking and talking and stuff yeah north is so cute
0: yeah uh so you can
1: follow me on twitter (laughs) at ashley brantz for more (laughs)
0: observations of celebrity children
1: um that's kind of it i have a new episode of yeah i've seen that hopefully coming out we're gonna talk about the oscars is a bad bad year for movies
0: yeah sounds like it
1: it was a fucking terrible year for movies but mad max did get nominated
0: yeah so it's not gonna win
1: you know what? It fucking should because nothing else of quality came it would out be this year.
0: Fucking amazing if it won, and then they just fucking like the the back of the stage just like is torn open <laughs> by the large uh, speaker truck rolling out. Yes! And, like, got the dude with the flame guitar, just like fuck the Oscars, fuck the Oscars,
1: too white. Yeah,
0: and then in full Furiosa gear. uh...
1: Charlie's Theron. Charlie's Theron.
0: Sorry, it's the mental image is too much. <laughs> Charlie Theron just starts decapitating old white men <laughs> in the audience.
1: because now, be so now you see it and now
0: it's a lot to take in because oh you're like, God. wow, I've never seen I've never imagined something so great. I love it. Alright. Let release us from from the <laughs> podcast, Ashley. <laughs>
1: Don't forget to brush your teeth, Harriet.